This episode is proudly supported by Open Table. I really want to help hospitality in post-COVID and if, for many years to come to maximize hospitality technology in order to help their business, in order to make their business more efficient, to improve their operations, and to help them make more revenue. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. It wasn't all that long ago that the notion of bringing in online booking platforms horrified both operators and consumers, but it's now impossible to run a successful hospitality venue without them. What value do they add to businesses coming out of the toughest period for the industry? Wes Lambert is the Senior District Sales Manager of OpenTable. Wes, how are you going? I'm great, Huck. How are you today? I'm good. You've had a pretty monumental shift in your life, um, leading restaurant and catering, and now you've moved to Open Table. What what was that shift like for you? Oh, it was a great shift. Uh, I had certainly accomplished what I had set out to accomplish uh, at restaurant and catering, um, saving hospitality one venue at a time through COVID, and you know, I'm certainly very excited and very happy to be back in hospitality and being in hospitality technology, which uh, is my first foray. And, you know, Open Table is absolutely the only company that I want to be with. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about that period with restaurant and catering. I mean, we've covered it so in depth with Deep in the Weeds, but from your perspective um, at restaurant and catering, what, what was that period of time like for you? Oh, it was likened to being in a war. Uh, in fact, many times people would say that, you know, based upon my military experience, that I was the general of, you know, fighting the war for hospitality. You know, in the early days, uh, most people may not remember that restaurant and catering was one of the first organizations to go directly to the government, to the prime minister with a plan. So what should we be doing uh, in order to keep hospitality open? And just across you know, the pond, New Zealand, shut for both takeaway, delivery, and dine-in. And, you know, for many months, hospitality businesses really struggled there. And so, you know, we were able to keep hospitality businesses open at least for takeaway and for delivery. And, you know, certainly at the beginning of COVID, we were at the forefront of things like JobKeeper and, you know, all of the mechanisms that were put in place that got hospitality open as quickly as we could. There were a lot of issues in the industry prior to COVID, but COVID really changed things and turned things upside down. Sort of looking back before that period of time, has, has some of the issues disappeared or have they sort of been exaggerated through this experience? Oh, look, uh, you know, the hospitality industry pre-COVID, you know, was ticking along pretty well. Uh, it did have some labor shortages and some skills and training issues, but they were exacerbated through COVID. And in fact, uh, according to the ABS, um, you know, there were heaps of closures of restaurants, uh, but also uh, there were nearly 100,000 open jobs uh, in the hospitality industry. Many people left the industry. They went into safer industries or they uh, left to go back to their home countries. Uh, and certainly the industry struggled with labor shortages through COVID. Um, and you know some of those things still remain. We still have a bit of a skill shortage in the industry. And certainly <clears throat> the labor shortage at the moment is around 70,000. Um, so you know it certainly remains. But 
solutions like OpenTable are certainly giving hospitality businesses that extra bit of time and helping them to run more efficiently uh, to deal with those severe staff shortages. I want to explore um, how technology can um, help with, with venues shortly and also what OpenTable are doing. But take us back to when you were young. What, what sort of role did food play in your family growing up? Oh, well, you know, I, I think I've said this before, but when I was 14 years old uh, living in Texas, I faked an ID to work in a fast food restaurant. <laughs> I, I faked the ID to say I was 15 years old so I could work in hospitality. Uh, and, and certainly I, I waited tables uh, through high school and even into to university, um, you know, and and hospitality has really been there in my life, uh, working in the industry. In fact, um, after military service and after graduating uni, uh, I actually went to work uh, in investment banking in restaurant capital and learning the you know the P and L balance sheet and cash flows and how to analyze hospitality businesses. What was it that drew you to the sector? Oh, look, it you know the hospitality industry is is. Once it gets in your blood, once you've worked in a restaurant or, or you know, in a hospitality-related business, you catch the bug. You catch the fever of hospitality. You know, it's, I, I can't describe how it feels, but it's just an energy that you, know, you might get in some other industries, but in hospitality, it's just that customer service and that you know, the, the unique nature of every day is different. And you know, you know that you're feeding hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people in your venues. You mentioned sort of briefly where you grew up. Well, how did you end up in Australia? Oh, that's a, that's a great story. So I, um, after investment banking, I was in the nightclub business and had a large nightclub in Georgia, in Atlanta specifically. And uh, we sold out and I spent an eat, pray, love year in Thailand where I thought I was just going to go there to de-stress, ended up buying a pub uh, in Phuket town and did that for a, about a year and actually came to Australia as a tourist and ran into Kingsley Smith, who was one of the founders of the Kingsley's Restaurant Group, which was uh, Kingsley Steakhouse. And uh, he and I put a plan together to restructure the company and take it unlisted public, which was Pacific Restaurant Group. And uh, we owned Kingsley's, we built Chop House in Sydney, and eventually partnered with Jamie Oliver and brought Jamie's Italian to Australia and New Zealand. And through that process, uh, I got my Australian citizenship. Wow, well, there's a lot to digest in all of that, but take take us back to that pub in Thailand. What was it like running a pub there? Oh, uh, yeah, I had an English partner. Uh, we had um, both decided that we wanted to stay in Thailand for longer than the, the short visa option, and so we invested in a pub in Phuket Town uh, and, you know, turned it around. You know, it had, um, was being sold by an Englishman who was leaving uh, Thailand, and we bought it from him, and it you know, brought the sales up and, and made it profitable. And I actually was able to sell my half back to him at more than I paid for it uh, within a year. So, you know, it's, I, I certainly have some experience in, in helping hospitality businesses to be more profitable. 
you spoke of the meeting you had with um, Kingsley Smith and everything that branched out from that and brought you to Australia. Do you have any favourite stories of trying to get the top house open or bringing Jamie to Australia that you could share with us? Oh, well, I've got a great story. I mean, I, we cut the bolt off the doors of Chop House on Bly Street and I, I remember carrying, you know, cases of, of old wine and sweeping out uh, Chop House and, and literally taking it from, you know, an abandoned restaurant uh, and transforming it into one of the best steakhouses in Sydney and if not even Australia. At the top of the show, we talked about that transition that you made from restaurant catering to open table. Did, did that sort of period of the pandemic and working so hard and pushing um, for all different sorts of agendas, did that take a toll on you and did that sort of create the shift for you a little bit? Oh, look, ultimately, I had achieved what I had set out to achieve. And, and oftentimes, when someone does change jobs or careers, that tends to be the catalyst or the precipice. You know, you, you know that you have done your best and you know you've done uh, what you thought you wanted to accomplish. And it was time to pass the baton on to someone else. And, you know, it, it certainly was... a appealing and alluring for me to get into hospitality technology because I believe that that is the future of hospitality is, is um, melding the human aspects and the technological aspects to make the experience for diners even better. You mentioned the um, you've always sort of been on the financial side of things in regards to hospitality groups. If you think of hospitality venues sort of before this sort of technology boom with online ordering compared to now, like how, how different is the business back end side of things for restaurants? Oh, I mean, uh, you know, hospitality businesses in Australia you know, utilize technology you know, from nose to tail, as we say, <laughs> that you know, it's, it, is, it is now encompassing almost everything that they do because it makes the business more efficient. You know, businesses are using it for table management and booking. They're using it for ordering. Uh, many of the, you know, much of the equipment in the kitchens you know, ha has computer technology attached to it. So, you know, many things are happening a bit automatically. And in fact, you know, I often walk into coffee shops that, where you used to have a coffee card and instead there's actually an iPad there where you key in your details. So the business actually can, can use that data. We call it small data instead of large data. Um, they use that data to know when are customers coming in? You know, when should they be ordering more avocados because they're going to be selling more smashed avocados on a particular day? So it's so, you know, technology really is one of the driving forces behind the massive increase in hospitality spend. Uh, according to the ABS, pre-COVID, uh, diners were spending about $3.9 billion a month. And now, in 2022, so between 2019 and 2022, diners are spending about $5.2, $5.3 billion a month. And that is not just inflation. One of the uh, things that sort of made, have made operators hesitant about using technology is the human element and interaction that's so vital to hospitality businesses. How, how does uh, technology sort of complement that to ensure that there's still that sort of connection that, that we all get from, from venues? Look, it's a great question. And, and you know, OpenTable has a product that's a feature that's guest tags so that you know, we know um, and restaurants know what customers are ordering. And so you, know, you can offer that particular bottle of wine or that particular uh, entree or main in advance. So you know 
the habits of your diners. And so you can create a better experience. Now, that's technology-driven. It'd be very difficult for you know, every uh, server to remember all of the favorites of their diners. And so, you know, ultimately, it helps restaurants to maximize, to minimize the amount of time that they have to work on admin or you know, uh, other tasks that were eating up their time. And it actually allows them to focus more on the service quality and the food quality. So they have more time to source you know, local ingredients. They have more time at the table because there's a lot of things that are happening in the background that are now automated that used to be a bit more human focused. In light of sort of the economic challenges at the moment coming out of COVID, how has technology sort of help operators overcome these challenges? Oh, look, it's, you know... Ultimately, the, a lot of the challenges that I spoke about before, like uh, labor shortages uh, and you know the increased costs. So, uh, technology like OpenTable is is helping partners to make more revenue or to make more profit. For example, you know we have data from OpenTable that diners that book through OpenTable spend nearly fifty percent more than walk-in diners, and you know, we know that. Uh, because of booking platforms, open table, that diners are more likely to make a booking. You know, in the first nine months of 2022, there was a 150% increase in bookings. This is the kind of data insights that uh, OpenTable provides. The data collection is a fascinating sort of side of things. As a, as a journalist for sort of 20, 30 years, it's always been hard to tap into sort of the stats of the industry. And no doubt you experience that at restaurant and catering as well. But with modern technology, you can really gather a lot of data. What, what sort of dining trends, you know, are you seeing through the data that you collect? Oh, look, I mean, it, it's the... There are heaps and heaps of, of things that uh, have changed since COVID and, and coming out of COVID. Uh, in fact, we've seen that shoulder periods, so those times where traditionally diners weren't dining, we're seeing uh, bookings increase both before and after your traditional lunch periods and both before and after your traditional dinner periods. So we're seeing growth in early shoulder meal times. Uh, we're also seeing that nearly one third of diners are booking same day. So they're making those decisions on the spot and 10% are, are making their bookings within just a few hours. And so it's why it's so important to have you know, booking software like OpenTable, which allows your diners to discover you. So we help restaurants, we help diners to discover restaurants. What do you say to those restaurateurs who are still hesitant to embrace technology? Oh, look, how cool. Through COVID, through the two years of COVID, uh, you know, uh, it's often been said that there was nearly 10 years of um, technological transformation. And so what OpenTable is uniquely positioned to do is we're local, right? And we're made up of hospitality professionals. Many of the, you know, the team members at OpenTable worked in hospitality for years, for decades. They are consummate professionals. They know your business. And OpenTable is really fast and easy to integrate. And we have our account management team and our support local, and we help businesses every step of the way. 
One of the areas that has really come to light over the last couple of years is um, no no shows and and how to deal with that and whether uh, restaurants uh, have a fee when you charge or a, or a penalty if you don't turn up. How, how is that sort of process managed and what's the easiest system for restaurateurs to get to get a handle on? Oh, look, there's lots of systems. Uh, there's certainly you know with open table. Uh, Restaurants can take deposits from diners, and you know certainly we encourage businesses to use booking software, Open Table, in order to manage situations like that. And you know it's using technology to ensure that you're maximizing your dining capacity and efficiency. In fact, Open Table has a feature that allows for uh, reflow. So, for example, if someone does cancel last minute. Open Table works on the fly to reconfigure your restaurant so that you can actually fill that seat. Remember, 10% of diners are booking within a few hours of dining within that 90-minute window. And so using technology like Open Table means as a restaurant, you're not going to have those empty tables. They're going to get filled. You know, imagine you're in Sydney or you're in Melbourne or you're in Brisbane or you're in any capital city in Australia and you're out with your friends. We're all returning to the office. We're all starting to go back. And you've just had drinks or you've just had a business meeting and you need to find that perfect restaurant. You want to create a memory. You want to have a memorable experience or you're an international visitor or you've come to Sydney for the recently happened Sydney World Pride. And you want to be able to discover restaurants. And so when restaurants are on platforms like Open Table, they're much more likely to be discovered. We help diners to connect to restaurants. And so, you know, ultimately having technology, using technology helps you to reattach to those diners. A lot of guests that we've had on over the last couple of months on Deep in the Weeds have had a, a, a really strong optimism about 2023, um, that the sort of next year ahead is, is, is going to be pretty good. But what are you seeing and what are you feeling about the year ahead? Oh, look, uh, I, I often say that um, that dining is the last thing to go. Uh, and it, it's, it is said you know, all over the world, and, and those trends are, have been you know, codified and noticed, that you know, when inflation's in place or when, you know, when, when the stock market is tight, that diners will continue to dine out. It's like that last luxury. They want to continue to do it. And so, you know... Uh, I have some exclusive data that I'm, I'm ready to share with you. So in spite of inflation, um, 54% of diners are going out once or more a week. 70% of diners are dining out the same or more than they did six months ago. And 40% of diners are dining more than they did six months ago. And at least 27% haven't changed their dining habits at all. And so, you know, the trends that we're seeing, the data that we're seeing here at Open Table is that diners continue to dine and that businesses that are using Open Table are certainly seeing an increase in bookings, but also we're there to help them make more revenue and to create that loyalty in their diners. So we want them to continue coming back time and time again. 
And using OpenTable helps him to do that. Has this shift from restaurant and catering and all the energy that you put into it, has, has, has this new role changed your perspective on, on the industry and sort of also what you want to get out of it personally? Oh, and it, it has opened my eyes to the wonders of technology. Certainly, you know, working at, at, as a CEO of restaurant and catering, I certainly came in contact with, um, with hospitality technology. But actually getting into it and understanding it even more. You know, it sparked a passion in me for Open Table and a passion for hospitality technology. And just how far can we go? Open Table is nearly 24 years old and has so much industry insights and one of the largest diner networks in Australia. So using those insights, using that knowledge and that information, I really want to help hospitality in post-COVID and you know, for many years to come to maximize open table, to maximize hospitality technology in order to help their business, in order to make their business more efficient, to improve their operations and to help them make more revenue. You know, certainly helping them to get more seating times, you know, to build loyalty amongst their diners and create those memorable experiences from last minute to most memorable. Well, um, Wes, um, congratulations on all you're doing and the, and the shift that you've made as well. Um, we've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear a part of your story. Um, please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks so much, Huck. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>